Level Up Latina partners with working women and mamas alike to guide them in achieving fulfilling career and life goals through financial empowerment, professional or leadership coaching, and personal wellness. Find the unique coaching you need to succeed. You're listening to Vero, Ceci, and Irene, and we are Level Up Latina. Welcome back. This is episode 48 of the Level Up Latina podcast, and today we are talking about what we wish we knew before we got married. All three of us are hitched at this point, and uh, marriage is a doozy, lots of lessons. So we are excited to have you with us today and talk about those things that we wish we would have known before. ¿Cómo están, muchachas? Bien, aquí este sobreviviendo todavía en cuarentena, but trying to make the best of it. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm having a michelada. Well, my, the hubster brought it in earlier because um, he saw I was, you know, we were podcasting. He's like, you're going to need this. So he brought me a little michelada. It's a mango michelada. But my favorite good. one is the, the one from Estrella Jalisco. I like the yeah. Estrella Jalisco. You introduced me to those. Yeah, they come ready. Mm-hmm. So the Bud Light has, they started the regular michelada and then not started it, but they started selling it after it became popular, the michelada. Then they saw that the Estrella Jalisco had the mango michelada and it was like a hit. Mm-hmm. They started their own mango michelada with the Bud Light. Different like companies doing that can, huh? The mango? Mm-hmm. Spicy so mango. now everyone's on, on that trip. Everyone wants to do the mango. They know that people like it. So, y yo dije, oh, está bien, pero me, me siento ya media. Como más para allá que para acá. Salud. ¿Sabes qué? Es nuestro Zoom. Nuestro Zoom hablando de matrimonio y todo eso. What are you drinking, Ceci? Cold over here today. So I am just having green and mint tea mixed together. To remind all of our amazing listeners, we love our listeners, by the way. And it's not just the wine or the michelada or the green tea talking. Ceci is in San Francisco, San Francisco area. So remember, she always has kind of the cooler climate sometimes. And Vero and I are in LA, LA babies. So when we're talking about heat waves, we're talking about our heat waves here in LA. Heat wave. But we have been getting a lot of love and a lot of kudos from our What I Wish I Would Have Known at 25 episodes. So we're thinking we're going to venture into that a little more. A lot of people always want that advice from people who have been through the fire, done different things, lived different parts of their lives. And so the one thing we have in common right now is all three of us are married. We've gotten married at different points in our lives. Vero just got married within the last year. Sissy's been married, I think it's six years now. Five years. Okay, yo te año. Six years together? Seven years together? How many years? Seven years together and five married. Seven years together, five years married. Diego and I have been married, gosh, I don't know, over, I don't even know. 2006, what is that? A long time. 14. Perfect. There you I go. Mean, I know math major, but 14. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we have a perspective for everybody, is my point. You know, 14, 5, 1. It's kind of cool, right? We have a couple of varying opinions, but what we all would have... I'm not even married a year yet, okay? Just the months. (laughs) What do you wish you would have known? I hope there's some... Right. How many months? Eso sí que no lo estaba contando. August. So August 28th was the wedding day. Uh, In April will be eight months. Girl, more than six months. You are a diehard veteran. Veteran. Dang. Okay. Thanks, Irene. Thanks but for checking me 14 been, years. You've, you've been living together for at least three years. December 2017. So we're going on three years. I love it. So let's, let's give our listeners some expertise from what we wish we would have known. And we can start anywhere. But earlier, I'm going to actually pick on Beto a little bit. I love what you <laughs> said. Beto said earlier. Ah, we had to realize at one point that our husbands don't read our minds. Tell us a little bit about that, Vero. Yeah, so this was from the silent protest, I told you guys, right? (laughs) 
So long story longer, let me tell you guys. I mentioned this because okay, I just had my newborn and it's been four weeks this past Friday. But this last week, this last two weeks, it's been my mom. Usually we had my mom, my husband's mom here as well. My husband working from home and then our two kids that are the, the one, the two and the one year old and then the newborn and myself. So we had a full house. The last couple of weeks, though, my mom wasn't feeling well. So she had to go back home to get better. And it was just my mother-in-law, my husband and I and the kids. But for some reason or another, like before we left to the hospital for me to have this baby, I typed up a schedule because there's a, I'm not much of a schedule person, but I'm like, I need them to understand that they, there's set times for certain things. Like the kids just have a tendency to do this and this is how we do it together. And as long as they're on the time frames, it works. I noticed that they were, the schedule was just off. And when I mentioned it to my husband, he said, Oh, I thought that was just for when we were at the hospital. I didn't think they were needed to know it now. And I go, it's for us to know because it's yeah. not like you are here all the time with the kids. I'm the one who usually is home with the kids. I'm not 100% right now engaged in their daily lives because I'm apart serving my cuarentena on my own, my cuarentena quarantine in with the baby. And I'm constantly nursing or I'm doing something and I'm not 100% engaged with our other kids. And this is where you or our moms are the ones that are going to have to follow and make sure that at least they have some guidance. And he goes, oh, that makes sense. That was his response. So I was like, okay. Days later, I noticed that this schedule is not even being followed at all. No one's even looking at it. It's just collecting dust. There's more dust smacking dun. onto it, you know, all that <laughs> kind of crap. So I'm like, what is the point of this schedule? And and this is kind of like dumb on my part. And I, I was acting like a child and I recognize it now. At that point, I felt that it was necessary for me to march into the kitchen when my husband and his, <laughs> and his mom were in there and take off the schedule from the refrigerator and just rip it. And I'm like, oh, they see me. They see what I'm doing. They know this is a schedule. I put it up here and I told them the schedule was here. Not only them, but my mom, his mom, he, he knows, I know. We all know that this is for the kids, for the, for the greater good. Well, I take it off. I rip it apart. dramatica, And I toss it in the trash and I walk away. Yes, And they deserved it. And they deserved your yes, passive they, aggression, silent protest. Exactly. Well, later I realized my husband didn't get it. <laughs> He was just probably like, oh, she got tired of that shit being on the fridge. But no one had looked at a thing in weeks. No one was at, I'm like, because I know they weren't looking at it because things weren't happening according to that time frame. You know, there was times where our kids were having breakfast at 10 instead of having breakfast at nine or having lunch, breakfast at 11 and that, you know, all this stuff. So I was just like, one part of me was like, you know what? Just breathe, chill the fuck down because just be grateful. Your kids are alive. There's someone watching them. There's someone caring for them. If you can't be a hundred percent yet, at least there's someone here to help you. Um, and then there was the other part of me like, how hard is it to follow a schedule? Why can't I just listen? You know, this is all I'm asking for. I don't ask for a lot. You guys know I'm a very chill person. I kind of just like, I go with the flow when necessary, mm -hmm. but I will definitely challenge you if I have to and if it's needed. But at this point I was like, okay, what do I do? So I feel just this stress. I can't focus on just being 100% relaxing and recovering from giving birth to this new child. But I felt like there's this extra added pressure to now like have to be 100% so I can make sure that everything else is getting done as well. Yeah. But then that's when I was like, you know what? Just chill, Vero. But I had to bring it up to my husband. And when I brought it up, he was like, oh, my God, I didn't think it was necessary. He's like, and I'm like, what makes you think we it's not like, first of all, you're not a, you're not you're working. You're not really focused on what's happening around the house. Mm -hmm. You'll check in occasionally, but you don't know. Our moms are kind of winging it. Because they're like, well, maybe Otto wants it done this way, or maybe Vero wants it done this way. 
they don't know. So that's why that's there, at least to provide some guidance. I understand if it doesn't go to the T, but at least they know. To him, it was like, oh, well, um, but I should have known. And I was so pissed off. I was just so worked up about it because I'm stressing out. You should know. But no, <laughs> there's no freaking way they can read your mind. So we have to make sure that we share that with them. Like, mm-hmm. hey, FYI, I've noticed this happening. I get it. I'm thankful for someone helping us. However, we need to make sure that the kids stick to the schedule because of this. But I never shared it with him. And until I yeah. did, he was like, I get it now. My bad. I, you know, all that. But it's just, for me, it was more of like, how could you not know? You know, the silent protest got overlooked because of the fact that, well, it was, I had not mentioned anything beforehand. And he was not really picking up on my cues. Therefore, yeah, he doesn't read my mind. So I know you're, now we know our husbands don't read our minds. We don't read their minds. They don't read our minds. So we just need to freaking learn how to talk and communicate. Lord are different. We're going to act different. I was going to say along those lines, also, we don't speak the same language. We can say one thing and our husbands interpret it a whole different way. It's it's happened to me. It still happens to me five uh, years in where I say something in a certain way. Then Luis will come later like, I didn't know that's what you meant or I didn't know that's what you wanted me to do. Like, why don't you just mm-hmm. tell me exactly what you want me to do? And I was like, because I thought you, I assumed that by me saying it this way, you were going to know exactly. He's like, no, he's like, yo, you know, yo, las mujeres, like, las mujeres como se comunican de otra manera. I was like, yeah, I've, I'm, and I still need, like, we still encounter that where I like, oh, well, I said it this way and I thought you were going to know. He's like, no, chula, like, no, me tienes que decir A, B, and C, not like, oh, this and if that. So that's another thing. We don't speak the same language. Mm-hmm. Diego has told me the same thing all the time. Like, just be explicit with me. Like, I didn't get, yeah. it. I didn't get the cues. I didn't get the the breathing, the tone. Like, I just you pissed. <laughs> Diego tells me all the time like I didn't get it but it's like I know we're being funny but it's true that we do have different ways of communicating based on male and female but also I think one really valuable lesson before you get married to understand is that we are all bringing into marriages our childhood and how we were raised and you're raised in different environments and sometimes you think if you communicate how you communicated in this environment that you were raised in, that your partner is going to get it and understand that. And no freaking way. One good example is my husband's family. They were all about the peace and they just kept the harmony. They they didn't rock the boat. They actually didn't communicate if someone was upset. You could tell maybe their dad was upset or their mom was upset and they all just went to quiet and you brush it under the rug. My family, super dramatic. Everybody has to talk. We talk all day. We yell. We raise our voices. We roll our eyes. We are those people. It's fire. It's passion. It's communicate. And then opposites attract. Diego was attracted to all the talking I did. And I was attracted to all the kind of, it's easygoing. It's silent. You don't got to talk about everything. You don't got to raise your voice. But then you're married. And I'm like, why isn't this fool raising his voice? And he's like, why is she screaming? Right? It's you bring into your relationship how you were raised. And if you're very lucky that you were kind of raised the same and the same kind of harmony, because I know I'm describing like polar opposites, but there's some value to having peaceful communication but not the brushing things under the rug. And there's some value to having confrontation, but not yelling. See, like no side is better. My family was better because they talked. My husband's family wasn't better because they didn't fight, you know, in air quotes. It's just, you got to meet in the middle. And when you get married, sometimes you think, oh, they're going to understand me. They're going to communicate just like me and blah, 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 blah. And then you kind of go through fights and you realize like, oh my God, we have such different communication styles and we're Mm going to drive each other crazy if we 
trying to communicate the way we were raised. Oh my God. I'm trying to save it because I'm trying to not say as many better words like I used to. But <laughs> when I when I get mad and I get bothered, upset, I want to be like, que la chingada, que chingada. But the thing is, my mom wasn't the yeller. It was my dad. So we learn it from both sides, right? Our mom and our dad. My dad would be like, a la chingada, que su chingue su madre. And I want to say, que chingados agarras la onda. So hard. But I'm like, no, pero chill. Calmadita. Yeah. Like, I'm like, imagine me tossing the get la chingada to Otto. Like, get chingada, estás pensando? <laughs> Otto would be like, no. Okay. Yeah, be like, who the hell are you? And oh, cue me? Yeah. He's like, oh, you want some Guatemala? You want a little Guatemala? That's what he does. <laughs> it, 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 he will flip out. But I have to, like, really stop myself <laughs> to think about it because the first things, the first things I want to react is in my dad's, my dad's language of what the chingada madres is happening you know my dad was the same way well super malabrado my mom is actually super embarrassed by it like she hates that we talk like my dad but i'm a cursor and we grew up listening to bad words and music and i use foul language and my husband's family doesn't it's such a even just that like why are you cursing like to me it's not bad necessarily my dad tell people off you guys met my sister we were talking about it with my sister in mexico that my dad was just being malabrado but you're right, Vito. We have to learn our spouse's style. They're going to close off if we're suddenly oh, yeah. having F-bombs or whatever. And as a marriage, as a new family, we're going to create our new style. Uh, Irene, when you were talking about your, how your family was and how Diego's family was, I think that's similar to the way Luis's family and my family is because my family was also very quiet, not very confrontational. Like my, my parents were, were maybe when they f- would fight, they, it wasn't really in front of us. Like so, but it, so it was more quiet and Luis's family is, you know, they all discuss it. They all like get really loud and, you know, it's a whole family thing. So for us, it's sort of like a balance. Like he, Mm. for example, if we're we're arguing, he's doing more of the talking and I'm just kind of like sitting there and, and listening. And then he'll like, if I don't say something right away, he's like, contesta. and I think it's also has to do with like, he's more of an extrovert and not more of an introvert. Like we were talking about the, the test that we recently did. Mm-hmm. So I need to, I need to like, think about it. And before I respond, because I don't want to say something that I didn't mean, or I just need to analyze it and sit back and respond appropriately. I feel like, yeah, al menos que si este, este super super encabronada del día pero like very rarely does that happen I feel like oh okay I need to I I can sit down and and (laughs) calmadita (laughs) like Diego's very good at like I don't want to say something I don't mean I just rather walk away I don't I I actually don't have anything to say and that's probably going to piss you off so let me go think about what I want to say and if I do have an opinion and in some cases he doesn't and it's like you've got enough opinion for us (laughs) I don't have anything to say and so learning that balance between each other but like we're saying communication is a skill that you learn and well yeah, I guess we all realize that before we get married but love and romance is the same way before I got married I just kind of thought you you'll always have that romance and that's a foolish thought but I also got married a lot younger than the three of us you know I was in my early 20s it was like our honeymoon stage we had a really easy courtship we got along really well we never had drama or lying or cheating or so I always thought it'd be a fairy tale it'd be romantic it'd be totally the fake stuff you see in movies but romance and love is a verb and it's an action and it takes good communication it takes getting through the boring part of life it takes raising kids together which will stress you out it takes commingling your finances or not because that's another thing that i wish that i would have known before i got married that you don't necessarily need to commingle finances i always thought like 
your husband manages your money. I don't know why I thought that, by the way, FYI. I don't know why I came in with this preconceived notion that men know how to manage money. No, typically nobody knows how to manage money. We all got to learn how to manage money. But when I first got married, I thought love and communication would be easy and it would just be there. It wouldn't be an action or a verb and that's false. And I thought that managing money would come easy and that I could just not be responsible. Like my husband will figure out. I don't want to deal with bills. He'll figure it out. He'll pay the bills. And that was an unfair burden that I put on him. And I had to learn through marriage. Whoa, 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 whoa. Like we have to both be responsible for the money, both manage it. And you don't necessarily need to commingle your money. And I wanted to say that. I think as Latinas, I don't know if we know that or think that or say that, but you can keep your money to yourself. Like you can keep your credit score to yourself. You can handle bills as a family and however you want, but you do not need to hand over your check necessarily and neither does the man or if you want to awesome it's a choice but i had the misconception that you come into a marriage and your money just kind of becomes one and i think that that wasn't necessarily the truth so i wish i would have known that before that you can be empowered to keep things separate i don't know how you guys feel about that in terms of like money or romance i think in regards to money for me it's more like okay it's I will be willingly able to give you, just give you my all my money and turn it over like this if you definitely know about it. Now, if I'm married into a rich family with a millionaire husband that understands mm-hmm. cash flow and investments and just knows how to take care of money and do this. Oh, you know what, honey? Yes, go ahead because my couple thousand dollars, maybe you can make this more. Handle it. Here you go. It, our money and my money in this case, in the case of us, is pocket change because you know But when it comes to the both of you being, and no one, since we don't talk about money when it comes to it, right? Really, it's it's more of like, I believe maybe he knows more about it or maybe he feels that she knows more about it. So then you're like, yeah, we should do this together. And then you end up screwing each other over, not knowing that because neither one of you feels comfortable with money or knows how to handle money, you end up owing or in debt or not having any money. So pretty much- You have to just be like wise in the sense for me, it's more like, look, this is what I know in regards to cash. I can definitely handle our, in this case, I can handle our, our family budget and our expenses and do this, but this is as much as I know about money. Okay. What do you know? Well, I know this, this, and this. Okay. Well, who feels more comfortable handling what part of our, of our lives and our, and financially. Okay. Well, maybe you should take care of what happens to be all the household operations. And when it comes to our bills and this, that, and the other, but when it comes to making big decisions, We can both make the decisions, but we have to be, they have to be well discussed, well thought out and well understood decisions in that case, like um, selling a property. You know, what are we going to do with this money? Are we going to have an investment? So all of those things, we really have to be comfortable talking to our partner. Like, yo no sé de eso. I'm going to let you learn, like, tell me about it. I'll learn from you. And if you don't know hundred percent, don't tell me we're going to make the decision until you know exactly what we're doing. So For me, in that case, that's where I stand. Like if someone, if you know that your partner's better at money and understands how to handle money better, feel free to do that. I mean, he's going to, and if that person is more comfortable with it, they're going to have the best interest of both of you there. But if none of you know how to handle the money and you're not willing to talk about it, you guys are going to end up zero at zero. Yeah. No van a, no van a poder salir, salir adelante. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's the tip of the day, actually, for everybody listening, that you have to ask the tough questions before you get married. And I learned that some of those questions the hard way. I didn't before we got married. When it came to money, we didn't have that conversation a lot. We were going through our relationship and our courtship fresh out of college, and money wasn't such a big part of our lives as it becomes when you're in your 30s and your 40s and so forth. So in our early 20s, it seemed like this, it's all going to work itself out kind of thing. Like money is going to come and you get jobs and you're going to be stable and it's all assumed. And that's not true. So I didn't ask the tough questions. So before you get married at whatever stage you're at, ask those questions about, honey, what's your credit score? Yes. Straight up. Like, I know, I, do we all really know our partner's credit score? Well, we have every right to know. It seems so stupid. Girl, but when you get married, married now, when you're trying to buy a house together, yeah. or you guys yes. Married, and your husband's like, a five? Yes. Does that even exist? <laughs> No, I mean, no, like true story. My, my brother was flirting with somebody at the pool the other day and she's like, <laughs> honey, she goes, she turns around and looks at him and we're like distantly related. She's not related to us though. He turns around and he goes, honey, I want a future. What's your credit score? And I don't know my brother's credit score, but I don't think it's too hot. So we all just kind of laughed and I just thought good for her. Like she didn't even let him flirt with her. And she said, what's, and that was cute. And it was funny. And my tip is if you're in a real honest relationship, I know you're planning a wedding and sometimes you spend all this money on a wedding, but you need to be yeah. talking about money for your life and your future. And like Vettel said, investing, making good financial decisions and retiring. What's your take on it? And honestly, I'd say one step further, what was your family's relationship around money? How did your parents handle money? Preach Were you proud. proud of that? Preach for real. Because again, you bring your upbringing into your marriage. So ask about that upbringing and not just what you see and not just on the outside because we all come into marriages thinking it's just so wonderful. But how a person is brought up is how they really are for the rest of their lives. And of course, we grow and we're better. But if a person's parents struggled with money, chances are they may have an interesting relationship with money or um, whatever it may be. Like my mom was strong, independent, did her own thing and was really good with her money. But again, strong, independent, did her own thing. So for my husband, that might be a conflict. Like, damn, you strong, independent, trying to do your own thing all the time. Yes, because that's what I saw and I knew. Mm. Yeah. And it's not bad, but learning to work with opposing kind of schools of thought. So tip yeah. of the day, ask tough questions around money, children, futures, careers. For instance, Cecilia, when you were getting married, your boo was in school. And I imagine that on the table was he could go to any part of the world for school. Did you guys yeah. talk about that before you got married, that that might uproot your life? Yes, definitely. I mean, he was about to start his, what was it at that time? His master's. He was finishing his master's the year that we got married. He actually graduated with his master's right before we got married. But during that year of planning, he applied to schools in the East Coast. He applied to Yale. I forgot what other schools is out there. But anyway, so that was in the books for sure that we might have to pick up and go there for him. And it was tough for me because I was, you know, I was working full time as a lawyer in San Francisco and I loved my job. I loved the firm that I was working for. But at the same time, I really wanted to support him and tell him or show that I was there for him. So if it came to that, I was going to make the move and maybe practice. I wasn't I didn't really want to take another bar, a, a state exam, because if you, I wanted to practice in another state, I need to take another um, bar exam. But I thought, well, maybe I can do something that's federal, federal law, like immigration law. And that way I don't have to take sit for another bar. But yeah, that's definitely something that we talked about, like what, you know, what would we do that? And if we wanted to start a family, we weren't going to have we weren't going to have family available for support. So, you know, 
it, it didn't happen that way. We actually, we stayed here. So it, it ended up working out for us. But yeah, that was definitely something that we sat down and we talked about. We like wrote out our budget, how much I spent, how much he spent. And then we, we knew we were going to commingle our accounts and we were going to come together and have a, a you know, just uh, our finances were going to come together. So that's definitely something that we did. And I think we got married or I got married much older. So I think at that point I already knew like, okay, this is, this is what we need to talk about. We need to sit down and figure things out. He's really good with money. So I'm, I'm lucky in that regard. I, I, I'm, I've gotten better. I've gotten more frugal because in younger years in my twenties, we talked about this in that other episode. I felt like I was spending a lot in things that were maybe a designer and I didn't really need them. And yeah, girl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah girl. So, so now it's Great. like, Yes. Now it's like I've learned and I, I've, I'm way better and he manages our money, but I completely trust him and he's good with it. And, and I know he's, he has a lot of his hands, but I, do, I, I feel like I, I can definitely trust him and I feel like we're okay. And I, yes, I look at our, our expenses and I feel like I, I, I have a grasp on what we're spending and what we're doing with our money. But at the end of the day, you know, I've, I've learned to be frugal and be mindful of the things that we're spending and not spend things on uh, or spend money on things that were not, not really needed. And now as you, as you, you know, you grow older and kids come into the family, like you, that's something definitely that you, you need to consider. Like, and, and like you said, I mean, like things to talk about, like, are we going to have kids? When are we going to have kids? I was exactly going to go there. Like, Money then kind of turns into like how you live and expenses. And when you have kids, then you need a home. You need to put through college. You need to save for them. You mm -hmm. need a freaking nanny in some cases or childcare. And it's so expensive. And that's why it's almost like this elevated. If you don't handle the money, then how do you handle the burden? That's the expense of having children, not the beauty and the love mm -hmm. and the raising them. You'll figure out a way, but kids are freaking expensive. <laughs> we live in California. They're even more expensive. And I can't imagine, I, I think we would have stopped at one had I not had my mother-in-law's help to to be able to pay for a full-time nanny. I would never have been able to do that on my salary and my husband's and we weren't not doing well, but nannies are expensive. So it's like the family support and having kids and being able to pull off having kids. So I kind of wanted to segue into that. And what are the conversations around that? Like now that you are parents, like what are some things that you maybe thought about with your partner before you got married to navigate being parents or were some things that you didn't navigate? So one thing that we, like Luis and I talk about is that we never knew, or I guess we never thought about that having kids was going to bring a lot of uh, unsolicited opinions and advice from family you know, you, you're, you're a partnership, you're, you guys are becoming parents together. Right. But of course, it's always going to be like, la suegra, la tia, la prima, like diciéndote, oh, I would do it this way. Or, you know, how about if you feed your, do this with your kids? And you have to be have that talk for sure with your partner and say like, okay, how are we going to handle this? Are we going to allow them to because they're going to do it no matter what, like it's even if you don't ask for their your their opinion, they're going to do it no matter what. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's a Latino thing, but they're going to do it no matter what. So I think what worked in our case, because we didn't know this was going to happen and it, it continue, it continues to happen as our kids are getting older and new things are coming up. But what we've done is that we tried to be the, I guess, uh, the bad guy. And what, if it's someone from my family, slowly and respectfully dismiss it with, if, 
have me be the the bad guy when it comes to when it, if it's my family and if it's his family for him to be the bad guy and you know discreetly dismiss it or say hey thank you or like we're you know so and not let it like get on our nerves although it's hard it's hard because it's like i'm not asking you for that or you know i, I can handle this myself or we're learning this together I totally agree. You are gonna you are completely gonna get your suegra's advice, your sister, your sister-in-law, like everybody has advice for you. And as long as you guys play team and don't let those opinions separate you two or make you second guess or doubt yourselves, because I guess another thing that you wish you would know before you get married is is your husband going to be swayed by his mom's opinion, <laughs> right? Is your mm -hmm. wife going to be swayed by her dad's opinion? Are they like uña y carne where, uh-oh, we're going to have three people in this marriage instead of two? Like that's a huge deal breaker for me. I think I've always really respected and loved that my husband, he was married much earlier than all of his siblings and now the majority are married. There's four of them. And he would always say to them, when you're ready to get married, great, but your spouse is then your core primary family. It's you're no longer part of this family. You are now your wife and then the kids you choose to have, if you choose to have them, are your family. And they're number one and their priority and what they want and need and how you guys see life. And you're no longer able to put your mom first. Of course, you can be there for your mom and you can love your mom and support your mom and dad and even your siblings. And that's great. But they don't become number one. Like your spouse becomes number one. At least that's his opinion and people can see it how they want to see it. And I'm not saying like disown your parents, but it's such a valuable lesson. And I love that, Ceci, that you guys decide each other unified front. And if anybody is kind of giving opinions that they don't need to or overstepping a boundary, you can welcome it. And then like you said, gracefully dismiss it, but not be persuaded by it. I completely agree with you that it's tough. And then again, how you were brought up and but you got to play team. I think you 100% got to play team and be careful not to be torn by family members. I wanted to say something. I, I love like, for example, like I'm going to show an example, like for example, when my mother-in-law will want to get us a couple things or for the house or for the girls, like Luis always says, no se preguntale a mi esposa. You know, mi esposa es la, se la señora de la casa, ella, ella que diga. So I love that about him, that. Like, mi, mi esposa, mi esposa. And I was like, oh, I, I remember like it love took it. a while to get used to like hearing him say like mi esposa. And I was like, oh, maybe he's saying it because we're recently married, but he still says it. Like, oh, es la ella la señora de la casa, pregúntale a ella. So I love that. Like, you know, me, me da mi lugar. Like he knows I make those decisions. So yeah, it's really important to say, let me talk to my wife. Before I say yes to you, mom and dad, um, let me talk to my wife. For Diego, it can be the silliest, dumbest thing, but probably we've learned this the hard way. Maybe we didn't have this conversation before we got married. But even if it's my suegra's like saying, I got these four boxes. I want to save them in your garage for a little while. Let me ask my wife. You know, I think that's so cool. Like, it's stupid. And I'm not going to say no, but to show all the time. Right. Big, bigger little thing. You know, recently she was like, can I take your daughter on a trip with me? I can't fly her home. She has to fly by herself. That's a major one. Like, they could never say, yeah, my kid can fly. My nine-year-old can fly halfway across the country alone. He had that. Yeah you know, bring that to his wife, but just as silly as bring, can I put boxes in my garage to his wife? I think that unified front is so cool. And then people know how to treat you, how to respect you because like, they're not going to make decisions without the other. I think that's so critical to kind of set the tone for that before you get married. And if your gut and your feeling is your spouse gets persuaded by their family, doesn't put you first, are you going to be cool with that? 
Are you going to be okay before you get married? And I hate to use this term, and this is probably insulting. If your spouse is a mama's boy, hopefully you're okay with that. In fact, my own personal experience, my mom raised six kids, the youngest, my brother and I, we were a lot younger than our older siblings. And so as we were growing up, it was very apparent that my mom, who was single for many years when we were growing up, wasn't really going to be on her own. So what was going to happen to my mom? My mom was never going to go be an arrimada. She would always say that, like, I'm not going to go live with some daughter-in-law. Ella en su casa se queda. And no one at the end really had that conversation. But my brother stayed there. He got to stay there. He was the last to leave. And he's been with my mom. And I'm so grateful to him. And he's a 41-year-old man who got the burden of my mom and being with her. But that's the package. If you want to be in a relationship with my brother, he's got his elderly mom that and a daughter that of course he's not with the baby mama but he's got that package and then you have mm -hmm. to consider that are you dating a man that's got something that comes along with that or a woman that's got something that comes along with marrying them boy before you get married have those conversations yeah. like, for instance, my brother's yeah. a great example of he comes with a daughter now and a mama, a wonderful mama. They have a great relationship and they live together and the home is his home. But that's a lot to ask. I don't know if I can marry a man that has to take care of his elderly mother. Like, I'm being honest. I don't know if I could. If I was put in that position tomorrow, maybe for me, I wouldn't be comfortable. Maybe I wouldn't want to be in a relationship where there's three of us in a home. So tough questions, but real questions. And don't brush it under the rug if you have doubts now, because they're not going to go away. Yeah, I don't know. I think I my my husband's um he doesn't say it, but he is definitely a mama's boy. But and it's noticeable. <laughs> I feel I feel like he's the one who had the baby and he's been taken care of, you know. But in a good way, in a good way. And I think, but he does, he does. You could see that he does put the effort and does. Hey, this is my wife. This is our home. He actually had the opposite feeling with me when we moved into when we got together, had the baby. He moved in here to my house, so. I owned my home. He owned his home. So we're being grown, you know, adults and all this. So he's like, hey, you know, it makes sense. I move, I'll move in with you. So I said, perfect. So I own my home for a long time. And he recently mentioned that he doesn't feel like this is his house. This, he's not the man wow. of the house. And for one of those, it's not that he's against it or he doesn't feel like, oh, you're, you're just so independent. And so this, that I just don't feel, that's what makes me feel that this is my home. It's more there's rules, there's things, the way this uh, this household operates that I feel like it's not my home. I'm not the man of the house. So he had to share that with me and I had to kind of be open to understanding where he's coming from. So as you get older, right, my marriage happened at an older age. We're 35. I mean, I was 36, pregnant with my second child and trying to make things work. And these conversations, since our, our relationship happened so fast uh, that we didn't have time for those conversations and that conversations are happening as we go. But these are things that we both knew that the longer you wait, we knew that waiting this long to get married, we knew that we were more set in our ways and uh, because we were so used to being on our own. Hence, the conversations are going to be very necessary Imagine if he never shares that with me, like, hey, this house doesn't feel like my house. It feels like this is I'm living under your this is your home. I'm just living there. So if I didn't know that, I wouldn't try to understand it and then try to not to fix it because he has to be the one to change his mentality. Right. This is his home as well. But I wouldn't ad address certain things and I wouldn't try to change certain things. And it's funny because I mentioned to my mom, like, hey, mom, you know, when Otto's like, I'll handle the trash, I'll handle this, like you handle everything else with the household. I'll take care of taking out the trash on, on Tuesdays and doing this and that. And he has his chores. He has his, his little to-do list. But my mom, when she comes, she's such a hands-on lady. Que no para. Y dice, 
bueno, ¿para qué lo, si Otto está ocupado, yo saco el tamo, lo de la basura, yo la saco, oh. like, she'll take out the trash from the house and take it to the trash cans, take out the trash cans to the street for pickup day. And Otto is like, can you tell your mom to please stop? You know, like, that, oh. let me do it. And he's like, the, you know, he'll leave trash aside. And he's like, you know, when when the trash comes next week, I'll make sure it fits there. And my mom's like, oh, no, we can make it fit. We can make it fit. And we can either put it in the neighbor's trash. And I'm like, no, mom, you can't do that. But she's just like, se puede hacer, por qué no? So there's little things that he would want the house to operate a certain way. So I told my mom, please, just when Otto asks you something, just listen. You know, if he's telling you he's going to help you, listen. And when he has a moment, maybe it's not immediately, but he's going to get it done. You just have to trust him on that because she's like, well, yo vengo y esa es tu casa. Si tú no me dices que yo lo haga. I'm like, no, mom, that's the part where you're wrong. I did own my house. I did live here on my own. I did, you know, I've had it for several years, but now I'm married. I have a husband and I share my home with him. So I, I know I have examples that I had to say that to my family where they're like, we can come whenever we want. This is your house, right? And I'm like, no, this is my home with my husband and I have a family now. Like, yes, you're welcome here anytime. Just give me a call before you show up. You know, yeah. Otto gets know. an opinion now, and he might yeah, not want to show up. He's chilling his calzones in his backyard. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so it's been hard for my family to listen to to listen to me even ask that or have those requests. But it's not something so difficult to follow. It's just simply give us a call if we're available and we're open to it. If we're both open to guests, you know, maybe he's not feeling it. Maybe I'm not feeling it. I'm just feel the pressure that you're my family. And I'm like, okay, come over. It's like things will change, but it's our responsibility to do that. And those are the kind of things that if we were had a relationship, we were boyfriend and girlfriend, or we dated, we're boyfriend and girlfriend, and we transitioned slowly into this, we would have the time to be like, hey, babe, you know what? I see that your mom is overly like this, or I see that your dad's like this, or I see this. We would be able to share that. And have, you know, question and communicate about it beforehand. But now we have to deal with it. Not deal with it. Handle it when it happens. Where it's like, hey, we didn't get the chance before. So now it's happening. We need to make sure we address it. And I think that's why I've been more like, okay, a champion for myself in the sense of like, breathe, chick. Calm down. Mujer, calmate. Don't say her watching got And then... <laughs> And process it and then communicate, you know? No, you're right, Vettel. You're so mature. I, I love it. I love your maturity, Vettel. I've learned the hard way. My temper tantrums, like, you're right. In the, I learned on the job. I got married and then I learned on the job how to, like, okay, I can't just curse or yell or fight. Like, I'm going to have to learn how to communicate. Hands like, on. And, and hands, hands on. on right? Do I want do I want a husband or not? I know. Yeah. Do I want to keep my kids' baby daddy here or not? But yeah. I think that's the biggest, that's the biggest lesson. And maybe we'll start to wrap with that. But like marriage isn't easy. Duh. Ops. Absolutely not easy. You know, I think that I love that Ceci said earlier or said to us or share this. Her point is everything. No todo es color de rosa. Right. No todo color de rosa. So be careful not to think that marriage is going to be for you different because you hear that, right? But you think, but we're different or, oh, it's so easy. We've all got different examples. Vettel said, you know, her courtship was a little different and my courtship was a little different and Ceci's and Luis the same. And no matter the courtship, we all have struggles and things that we're learning on the job and trying to figure out as we go. And the beauty of a marriage is that it's going to be messy. It's going to be ugly. It's not going to be pretty. And that's something you have to know before you get married. That's number one, what you have to know before you get married. If you want to stay married, then you have to have the kind of relationship that understands that you will have very hard moments, hard conversations. You will go over tough times and hurdles because that is a life. Life is like anything else. It's Mm -hmm. a job is difficult. A diet is difficult. Raising children is difficult. Marriage, it's one of the best things you'll do, but it's not going to come easy. It's going to take all these things of 
personal development and growth and growing. And I think the best thing you can do in your marriage is always focus in being the best you can be. I love how Vettel always seems to get that. She always seems to have perspective and say, I had to come down or I had to think about it or I had to come back to it. And I love that Vettel because I think you're setting such a great example. And I love how sassy you seem to have grown up in some harmony and some peace. So it's good for you. Always come from a good, harmonious, good place. And I think that makes me a better wife, for instance, having good friends that have good marriages that teach me how to be a better person. And that's what marriage is, always learning to be a better person, to have the right people in your life and read the right books and have the right path, whether it's church or not. But marriage is that. It's putting in the work and it's raising kids together. And what's your philosophy? Mm -hmm. And Know that before you go into it. If you really are into it for the long haul, then there's going to be work. It's going to be putting in the work and growing together and not having it always be perfect and easy. So if we have to give our number one advice before we sign off today, what would be your number one advice for anyone and the tip that you would give them um, that could either be based in what you wish you would have known before you got married or can be based in what you're living now. And either one of you can start. I'll start. I think um, my advice would be like, it's okay to be the first one to bow down. The, the first one to, the, in Espanol, say, se dar tu brazo a torcer. Like, it's okay if you're the first one to say, I'm sorry. And, and you guys are, it's going to be, you're going to take turns like doing this, but it's after a fight, it's okay for you to be the one to say, I'm sorry. I love that advice. That's a good one. That's a really good one. I struggle with that, but that's a good one. I love it. I love it. I love it. No, I'm kidding. Me too. I don't struggle, but... Oh, do you? I feel like you're so peaceful. <laughs> I, you know what? I'm, I'm a Scorpio. Mm. A Scorpio. So our eagles are like at mm. sea. So I, it's usually the other way around, but I'm like, I, t- I, I need to remind myself or like even like me and my notes, but no, it's like, it's okay for you to be first. Yeah. I love that. I love that to see. I love that. It's okay to be first to say I was wrong. Mm-hmm. I like that advice. What about you, Vero? For me, it would be talk about it even if it if it, it's uncomfortable. Talk about it even if it's uncomfortable because love that. It, it's going to either eat you alive or it's going gonna, it's gonna to be one of those things that's, that sits there with you and you're always going to have it in the back of your mind. So whatever it is, just talk about it and let them know, hey, this is not easy for me to share it or even easy for me to communicate to you. And you might think I'm overreacting, but this is this is how I feel and this is what I'm thinking and, and just share it and communicate it and go from there. I love that advice, Soto. I love that. I love that. You can't let it eat you up inside and you have to be able to share. And even when it's uncomfortable, we do, you know, we have to mm-hmm. deal with that at work. We deal with that with kids. We have to deal with that with our spouse. My last piece of advice would be your spouse's job is not to do the job that your parent didn't do well. If your parent let you down in some way or Ooh. another, and you're searching in life to have your spouse make up for that, that is not their job. So it takes a lot of us, again, I'm so dead set on this, and I've been married almost 20 years, and like you come into relationships healing or trying to heal from, because all of us have childhood issues, and whatever they may be, they don't have to be big issues, but everybody has an upbringing that they are surviving, good or bad, and not ideal because we're human, again, because life is hard and marriages are hard, but it's not your spouse's job to be the dad you didn't have or the mom you didn't have or to be tender when your parents weren't. And it's, it seems very fairy, but I've seen a lot of couples struggle and repeat the patterns of their parents. And I'm saying that from an example of, I've seen a lot of couples repeat the patterns of their parents. And then what I'm finding, the common thing that I'm finding is they're battling their parents' battles 
weirdly. They're like battling their parents' battles and they're going through these relationships that are being deeply rooted by who you were or what your parents didn't get right or did get right. And you got to be careful of that. So it's not your job to be healed by your spouse. So when a personal good example for me is that my mom always had it hard. My dad was tough. He was not a good man. He was not loyal. He was not faithful. And I'm sure he maybe he was a good man. He was not a good husband. And so my mom always thought that men were kind of out to get you and not good and we're going to let you down, right? And so she was raising me to be strong, be strong, be strong. And men, be careful with men, be careful with men. Of course, they're nice, but they're really not nice. Be careful with men because deep down they have an ulterior motive. Be careful with men because all men cheat. Like imagine getting married thinking like, okay, he either has to like be perfect. Diego better be perfect because he has to prove my mom wrong or every mistake he makes. My mom said, right? Like, oh my God, yep. Pobre nunca va. he's never going to make it because again, I was brought up by a very strong woman who happened to be burned, you know? So I can't, I have to be careful to, yeah. as an adult in my own relationship, recognize if I'm judging my poor husband based on a lens that's my mom's, or if I'm pressuring my poor husband to be perfect because I'm, again, judging it from a lens that he's not my dad and he, he needs to be better than my dad was. And he doesn't need to be anything. He needs to be who he is, who I love and who I think is perfectly imperfect how he is. So be careful not to put on your marriages the pressure of your upbringing and your parents and because there's a lot that your parents always want for you and don't do it to your kids you know be careful with your kids too that you i always tell my kids if you choose to have kids or if you don't if you choose to get married or if you don't if you marry a guy or a girl like my husband's probably always like yeah. girl you never have like just a yes you just like, make up your mind you just make up your mind i mean <laughs> i'm always trying to show that i'm like flexible <laughs> like i'm flexible i'm flexible you know i'm the cool mom on that note we're gonna wrap but uh thank you so much for sharing what you wish you would have known before you got married i love that we have all these different perspectives and I would love to keep talking about this. So please hit us up on Instagram or Facebook. You can email us. Our email is admin at leveluplatina.com. Or you can find us on the gram or on Facebook. Our handle is always at leveluplatina. And share this podcast. If you see us, share it. And something resonates with you, please share it on Instagram. Share it on Facebook. Review this podcast or any other podcast. We're now at, what is this, 48? So there's yeah. quite a little bit for everybody out there in quarantine listening. So thank you for your support as you listen, as you decide to venture into marriage or to stay married, because this is a really good example for anybody going through it and getting through that seven year itch or maybe that six month itch. We hope that you'll survive it. Check us out online, email us again. And that's it for today. Thank Six you, ladies. Love you. Level up and wash your pet. <laughs>